Hello and welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host, Shana, a board certified coach and trauma healer, a double fire sign, Anagram 7 and 8 generator. I know it's a lot, but I'm here for it. I'm speaking on all the things that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Also, fearlessly speaking on important but taboo topics. So prepare for inspiration, no bullshit approach of getting straight to the point. I'll have you thinking and taking action in your life. Here we talk all things brain, womb health, masculine, feminine, polarity and embodiment, dating, sex, pleasure, relationships, spirituality, magic, manifesting, God, and so much more. For more of my offerings, including ways to work with me, self-paced programs, monthly subscription, spells, masterclasses, and even an apothecary of lunar charge in Reiki-infused candles, fat soaks, oils, and more, check out bloomshakti.com. Hey, Bloom Tribe. I hope you had a beautiful 4th of July, and I know today's episode looks super juicy, but I'm going to give you a little bit of rundown on things that are going on, and then we'll get into it, okay? So my 4th of July, thank you for asking. So it was pretty low key. I just watched season two of, and just like that, honestly, no complaints. I know a lot of people were not happy with it. However, there's been a lot going on in my world. So, and plus this was like post full moon in Capricorn and I just needed my brain to turn off. I needed something to numb my brain. So that's what we were doing. And I'm actually really excited to watch that show with the weekend since I have HBO Max for the month. Um, it's called The Idol. So, yes, if you have any recommendations, let me know. HBO Max is the only subscription I have right now. So, yeah, that's that. At the time of this episode coming out, it's Wednesday, July 5th. And this Friday, first Friday of the month, which means I'm going to be doing an Instagram live at 11 a.m., Uh, and I'm going to be doing live tarot card polls. Actually, not tarot. It's oracle card guidance. Tarot and oracle are different. If you don't know the difference, I can fucking share an Instagram story on that or whatever. But um, yeah, and then I'm also going to be doing healing work because you already know I'm not a basic witch, so I'm not just going to pull out cards and tell you what's going on. I also like to add different kinds of energies that are coming in to help you heal. Um, so, you know, we can all ascend and be better fucking versions of ourselves and what have you. And then I wanted to also let you all know that this month I have three events. If you go to my website, bloomshakti.com, it's linked in the show notes. You will see that I have a show on July 15th. This one is in the art district in downtown Los Angeles. So I'm going to be indoors for that one, thank God. And then Saturday, July 2nd, that one's in Santa Ana. I love that one. It's always a good turnout of people. And then I'm actually super fucking excited for the July uh, 29th one because that one's in Whittier and I'm actually not going to be selling like my candles, soaps, soaks, and oils. I don't know. I might have enough table space to like have something there, but... I'm going to be doing readings there. So if you love the Instagram lives or you've had a session with me or you want a session with me, um, just for like that card guidance and the healing that's incorporated, then come through because I think I'm going to price them for like $30, 20 minutes for $30. So yeah, and if you go on my website, it's like a full in-depth session. Usually I go over my hour with you, but um, on my website, it's like one thirty-three. So yeah, I mean, this is going to be short, quick, easy to the point though. So yeah, come through the event. And then what else do we have going on? So next week, I have a masterclass called God Love and Money. And basically... There's been a lot of upgrades in regards to money. Like how we view money is shifting. And if you don't have money, you probably don't have that great of a love life either. Um, So they're deeply related. And I'm actually really excited to have this masterclass. After I post about this podcast on my Instagram story, I'm going to make the marketing info for that class. But it's on the website. So if you go to my website and under spells and masterclass, you'll see it. And 
it's a fucking juicy one and it's pretty low cost. So I want people to be able to access my work from any price point. So check that out if it calls to you, because if you don't have a relationship with God, first and foremost, you don't trust your own inner masculine, you know, you're not going to be able to be open to receiving that money either. So the cost is only 22 bucks. So there's that. And then I think that's all I kind of want to share right now. So if you're not already subscribed to my email list, make sure to do so. It's on the homepage on my website. That way you don't have to be constantly watching my Instagram story. You can just get an email. I send a monthly email where you get an overview of absolutely everything that's going on. And then of course, I send juicy little chicken nuggets. When I say juicy chicken nuggets, I'm referring to my wisdom, okay? Like the knowledge, the good shit that I channel. (laughs) So tomorrow I'm actually sending out an email on how to get a man to actually commit to you. But um, yeah, so that's that. Now let's dive into today's episode. So firstly, I do want to preface that this episode's for men and women a thousand percent, and this episode's going to be a little different than what you might expect from me. I think people want to hear porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad, because that's what everyone talks about, why it's bad, you know, how to get your partner to quote, fix his or her problem. And I'm going to give you guys some things, but I'm also going to talk about it in a different light. And it's the light of understanding men. Okay. So I've read a couple of different articles as I was, you know, preparing for this episode. I just wanted to see what's out there and I didn't go too into it, but there's, it's a big conversation, right? Like it's a big conversation of having porn addiction, kind of just like the episode I did on narcissism. Like, is he or she really a narcissist? The thing is like nowadays we just want to fucking latch onto a label because it gives us this illusion of security, right? It avoids us looking at a deeper issue And it allows us to feel like we've taken responsibility without actually having to confront the deep-rooted issue. So here's the thing. The phrase porn addiction, like I'm addicted to porn or whatever, it can feel like you are addicted to porn. But what the science actually shows is it doesn't show up in your brain like a normal addiction. There's no change in your brain when you're addicted to porn versus when you're addicted to cocaine, alcohol, whatever. Of course, it's a physical substance, but still like the hormonal impacts are happening, right? When you're watching porn, if you have a porn addiction. So I want to go into some things for you to think about when it comes to porn, pros, cons. I'm going to give you like, it's going to be one like I'm going to give you things so you can critically think about it and have a different perspective around this. I want to say I'm not pro or anti-porn. I'm very well-rounded. That is the case with me on most things. I do have an opinion about things, of course. You fucking know that. But I can also be very level-headed because it's so dependent on the context, right? Like one of my one-on-one clients this morning actually asked me like, I need your help on embodying between like emasculating and drawing boundaries. And that is also an example of where it's really dependent on the context, the situation, the relationship, whatnot, as to how that's going to be embodied differently on different scenarios. Okay. Health, wellness, mindset, personal development is not a one size fits all. And I think that we do ourselves a lot of damage by putting ourselves in these like stressful mental situations when we slap on a one-size-fits-all thing, right? Oh, he gaslights you once and now he's a narcissist, right? Like we basically get really stuck in our own heads of like, oh my God, am I in the wrong fucking relationship? When it's like, no, like that's called a fucking relationship, right? Like sometimes you are bitches to each other. Sometimes you don't behave the best way. It doesn't mean you're in a toxic relationship. <clears throat> it means that you're in a fucking relationship where things happen, people are dicks sometimes, and everything's still going to be okay. So <clears throat> that's an important fucking reminder. Social media makes a lot of us feel like things have to be perfect. If something's not perfect, something's inherently wrong, and we need to leave the relationship. Relationships are challenging. It 
It requires intense amounts of growth and open-mindedness, right? It requires you to go through big transitions in your life that would not feel nearly as big if you were single. And there's pros and cons to that, obviously, and knowing how to navigate that is not a one-size-fits-all because context and your environment and what's happening in your life and his personality, your personality, all these things are so vital to take into consideration when we're talking about any anything in a relationship, okay? I also want to give you a little... What's, what's the word? <sighs> you know what? I don't even know what I was going to say, but whatever. Um, okay. So I'm assuming we all know what porn is and what that cons- constitutes a being, right? Like what porn addiction is and stuff. So I'm not talking about porn addiction, but just porn in general. Okay. Like a lot of you have asked my take on it and whatnot, and we're not just going to go through my take on it. But a lot of you need help in terms of navigating the situation with your partner. So I'm going to give you that. Obviously goes without saying. More of that how and that help is going to come from working with me, right? Like, let men be men is going to perfectly couple this episode with, you know, if you need help in terms of this or anything with your man, then make sure to get into let men be men. You can do the program with your man as well. It can be helpful to, you know, do the program with your partner and then he'll, it, it opens up a conversation of like how a man and a woman's brain so differently. And also if you want to go deeper, then Shakti Alchemy is opening up in August and we're going to start in September. So it'll be the last round of the month or last round of the year. Okay. <sighs> okay. So here's the thing. We live in a very high dopamine society. Dopamine is a hormone where you always want more. You never really feel satiated, right? Once you hit that level of satiation, like your threshold, what happens is now you need even more to get that good feeling that dopamine gives you. So what might be a shitload of dopamine for someone else might not be much for you because you increase that threshold over time. Because you are constantly having your body secrete dopamine, you get hooked on it, obviously. It's addictive. It's a good feeling. And then what your body requires to actually feel that starts to just increase, right? It's kind of like sugar. So your taste buds become used to your level of sweetness. So now you need even more in order to taste something sweet. Similar concept, okay? So now what this means is with a combination of social media, online dating apps, porn, and these TV shows that get you hooked, all these things are secreting dopamine in our brains and we want more and more and more. When you've had a really rough day at work, when you're really stressed, what do you want? Dopamine. For men, what we need to understand is that there is a biological difference. You should know this if you've been watching, listening to my stuff. Obviously, I mean, men have a lot more testosterone than us women. We have a very small around and it peaks around ovulation time, right? So that's what gives us the sex drive. Also the estrogen, but we're ovulating, our testosterone increases. We're like, yes, please ravish me, like fuck me in every corner of this house, right? Like that is testosterone. Women need a little bit of testosterone. You don't want too much because then you can go into hormonal imbalance. Men have a shit ton of testosterone compared to women. Okay. Now the level of testosterone has actually declined so significantly in the past year that it's actually concerning. So the level of testosterone has decreased by 1% per year since I believe 1980. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but I think it's 1950, maybe 1980. Fuck it. I don't know which one it is. Okay. Maybe one of you can do your math on it. Essentially, testosterone has declined about 40% from when it started first declining to now. I think that's 1980 then, right? 80s, the 90s, and okay, yeah, yeah, it's 1980. Great. Now you guys know I'm not great at math. Um, So the point is, (laughs) men get a really good feeling from doing manly things that boosts their testosterone, right? Just like we get a good feeling 
when we do womanly things, for lack of better words, when we're going to go chill with our girlfriends, get our nails done, you know, go in and get a massage, whatever. Not going to go down that rabbit hole, but a lot of men have no close friends. They're very lonely. They are very stressed out at work. They lack direction and they lack purpose because we've kind of taken all that from them, right? So what happens is you have a very manless man in your house that is wanting to feel some fucking pleasure and is wanting some dopamine and some quote connection. We know it's not real connection, but you get that hormonal response by masturbating and watching porn. Now you add on top of that, the fact that at the end of the day, when a man is having sex with you, generally speaking, he is the one putting in most of the work. He's sweating balls you're lying there like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Like your hair is fucked up, but you ain't breaking a sweat, bitch, right? But he's like a puddle of sweat by the end of sex. <laughs> I, hope, I really hope this is the case for everyone right now. But when he's been pumping out resources all day at work and giving, 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 whether it's his boss, whether it's to the, the sick people at the hospital or whatever the fuck, he's pumping out his energy. When he comes home, at the end of the day, these days, He comes home and it's not, you know, like dinner's on the table. You've like looked after the house all day. He can just kind of relax because you've got it all under control, right? So it's like, okay, can you, and I'm not saying this is wrong because it's like, I'm not saying you need to be a stay-at-home mom or housewife. If you want to be great, I fucking do, but I also want to run my business for fun. Um, Not because I have to work, (laughs) but the amount of change in our life, right? Like there isn't, if there is an opportunity for you to feel better and really stress, you're probably going to do it, right? So men are coming home, really stressful days. They don't have the purpose that they used to have in society, right? So they kind of feel purposeless. The last thing most of them want to do is fuck you, right? So otherwise, and this isn't excuse porn addiction, okay? That's not what I'm fucking saying. This is something to factor in if your man sometimes watches porn, okay? Men and their testosterone means they have a higher sex drive. That is their natural state of being. They want to have more sex. They have a desire. There's nothing wrong with that. When you couple that with, I'm really tired from work. I don't want to have to pound you for 20 minutes, they don't want to have to keep giving, right? They just want a dopamine hit to have a quick release and go on with their night. And is that really wrong? Is there a wrong intention? In my opinion, no. Now we're going to go into excessive point in a little mo- moment. So hang fucking tight. But in that example, firstly, which probably relates to the vast majority of you, the sometimes porn use is, in my opinion, not a bad thing. And in the research, it's not a bad thing. Now, of course, excessive porn use does affect relationships. That's being researched on, and we're going to get into that. What I want you to remember is that a man isn't as visual and imaginative as a woman. He can't just read some poetry. <laughs> I'm totally fucking putting myself on blast here. But noob face on Instagram, N-O-O-P-F-A-C-E, like his writings or her writings, I don't even know. It's a guy's picture though. Oh my God. Like I just read some of this stuff and I'm like, oh, it like tugs at my heartstrings. I'm like, your moon must be in Sagittarius because I'm a Sag moon. So anytime there's like musicians and stuff that are Sagittarius's, like, I don't know, I get wet as fuck. Like, their lyrics just hit my heart in a different way. Anyways, um, but he needs that visual representation. Men have that desire to dominate a little bit, right? So while the porn, and here's one of the issues with it, is an unrealistic expectation of sex, he is not trying to get an unrealistic expectation of sex. That's not what his name, his aim or goal is. His goal is to get hard, get off feel the release. That's it. That's his goal. And this is an important point to make because I've talked about this before, um, with, you know, previous people 
And something to know is like most men look at porn very differently than how a man looks at you, right? Like his partner. The porn is there for a purpose. Once it's served its purpose, it's off, it's done. You're not watching it for entertainment. You don't want to date the woman in the porno unless until you have a bigger issue. That's not what it's, it's trying to get. It's there for a purpose and then that's it, right? And men that are in a relationship, a majority of the time, the woman in that relationship, he would never want to fuck her like that. He would never want to see her like that, treat her like that, etc. I mean, also, let's emphasize that it depends on the kind of porn you're watching. But the point is, this bleeds into the comparisonitis that a lot of women struggle with, right? Of, I can't help but think, am I not good enough in bed for him? Do I need to do certain positions in order for him to get off? And while it is an issue when men bring up the whole, oh, I've seen this in porn, can we do it? That doesn't make any woman feel good. Guys, please don't do that. Like, doing that does not make any woman feel good. It closes her body off, and the last thing she's going to do is open herself up for you to hit her fucking cervix and get that feeling that you want to get. Honey, you ain't getting it, okay? Um, so with the comparisonitis piece, it's really important to know, and it's not to degrade the women that do porn, okay? Let's remember that. But the woman in the porn show, movie, clip, whatever, is nothing like you, okay? Completely different caliber. They're not even seeing this woman. They're seeing a pussy, right? They're just seeing this sexual act that turns them on. So you have to remember that's an inherent thing for all humans. Like, as a woman, you can't deny that. If there's, like, a hot sex scene, you're like, hello, right? And you have to remember, men are experiencing that on a bigger degree and they don't always want to have to fuck you in order to get off, right? Just like us women, right? Like, self-pleasure. Like, I don't always need to have sex to, you know, feel pleasure. Like, sometimes I just need to fucking turn myself on, dance in the mirror, touch myself, or self-pleasure, right? Like, we have to have a realistic sense of sex in life. Like, Sex requires effort, right? Some level of energy. If you are absolutely exhausted, you're probably not interested in sex, right? It's not going to be enjoyable. You might have it, but you're not going to get much out of it. Sex and intimacy requires energy. Sometimes we all just want to get off, have a release, and call it a day and not need to involve someone else, right? not need to get his fucking sweat all over you and your hair is fucked up and you gotta take a shower and change the sheets and whatever right and the thing is women are allowed to talk about like okay on social media women are empowered women talking about sex and masturbation and whatnot but as soon as a man starts talking about his form of sex and masturbation all this to stay to say There's no right or wrong with this argument. I do not believe. Like, I think it's very context-based. And going back to what I was saying before, I always find it fascinating when we give a woman permission to go and masturbate and do whatever she wants to get herself off. But as soon as a man does what he wants to get himself off, women are like, that's so wrong. That's so this. You should do this. Like, it has to be this way. So you're saying it has to be done a woman's way, right? So what if a man says, like, you have to get off doing it a man's way? Then what would happen? The double standards that exist, (laughs) we're all fucking aware of it, are real, right? So when we come into light usage of porn, I don't think that's an issue. I think that is something that can be a little triggering for women, and a little sticky. So I think that's a very helpful thing. And I encourage you to have a conversation around limits with your partner. And it simply could be that you want to know when he masturbates and watches porn. And that would make you feel really safe, right? You also have to respect if a man doesn't want to tell you. And you ask him why. And the answer, whether he says it or not, is because sometimes they feel ashamed of it. Right? Which is their own sexual trauma. Just how women 
have sexual trauma, masturbation, whatever, too, they can feel bad that, oh, like, he wasn't getting off to you because he knows it can upset you. Three, it could be that he did it literally when you were home and you don't want him to get mad, right? Like, all these things are really important to factor because if you've gotten mad before, it's going to make him think that the past is going to repeat itself. And it's important to have a conversation around just what would make you feel good in knowing the self-pleasure, the masturbation, etc. And if there are limits around it, right? Like, have conversations. What does porn do for him? Simply knowing what porn does for him or men listening, share with your partner what porn does for you. Help her to understand it, right? Like, paint that picture of how it is different so wildly different we're not even on the same playing field right different fucking continent planet maybe maybe share this podcast episode right but describe to her how you want to make love and fuck her brains out versus what you get out of porn because when a woman can realize that the two are on opposite ends of the spectrum it helps them to realize like oh my god it's different it's not even sex it's not even the same orgasm that he has with you necessarily. And that's an important piece to implement into your partnership if you have that. For those of you in a situation where there's more of a porn addiction, porn addiction, there's an excessive use of porn, at least in your definition or what you would like, there's an excessive use of porn. We need to understand that just like a lot of things that are unhealthy, you know, watching it all the time, going to bed really late, Drinking alcohol, smoking, anything like that, right? Those are symptoms of a deeper rooted issue. And you are trying to get some sense of fulfillment, joy, relief, peace in your life. And you don't know how else to do it. So this is your way to do it. Those of you in this situation, whether it's excessive porn or whatever, I would really try to think about What else is actually going on in your life or your partner's life, right? Most men don't want to excessively use porn, but they are doing it because they're getting something out of it. They're offsetting a feeling that they're having in their life. It can be something as simple as work stress or something deeper. It could literally be sexual trauma and shame around sex. And instead of them not having any sex or not exploring sexual fantasies, they actually do it in hiding, right? Because there's shame around sex. You cannot override a natural disaster. We all have a natural disaster. Disaster. We all have a natural fuck desire for, for sex, right? And if you don't, then we need to balance those hormones, get into womb temple. Now, wanting sex is a natural desire. When you have shame around wanting sex, you will then continue to want sex and get that, but you do it in hiding. See, some people do this with food, right? You want the serotonin, you want that piece of cake, the cookies, but you also know it's bad or you feel like it's bad, so you do it in hiding. You eat the food in hiding. Same issue. All it is is a deeper-rooted issue being expressed in your life. So we want to heal that deeper rooted issue to fix that expression of it, if that makes sense. And at the end of the day, when you lack pleasure in your life, it means you're seeking it. You're not just going to not get any pleasure. We're pleasure-based beings. We're going to seek pleasure, but you'll get it in unhealthy ways because seeking pleasure in healthy ways takes effort, right? takes a little more effort to pack up things and go have a picnic at the park versus lighting a joint and have or having like a glass of wine or masturbating right that gives you a faster sense of pleasure with less effort and we as humans we don't want to put a lot of effort because we are calorie stores as in our premise as humans is to survive so if something requires more effort and to burn more calories why the fuck are we going to do that? We That's why we reach for things that are the easiest to reach for. And you literally have to retrain your brain to have deep self-commitment, a deep self-respect, not just your brain, but also your body, 
<clears throat> and if you're blocked with trauma and bad habits and toxic cycles that you have to, I don't like using the word toxic, these bad cycles that you have, you have to reprogram your body and heal all those things for it to actually be easy to seek pleasure in healthy ways. And like I was saying too, one of the big issues that women have around porn usage is not just because it creates separation from the intimacy and it fucks up the intimacy, not just like physically, but emotionally. When you're in a relationship where you feel like you aren't giving him enough pleasure or you feel like you have to perform some ridiculous acrobats <laughs> in order to please him, that pressure and you feeling like I don't want to do that or even I don't know how to do that, that immediately puts all this pressure and heaviness on your shoulders and it creates a sense of unsafety in your body. The flow and effect of that unsafety is a lower libido, you seeking less pleasure, having less energy because that stress is widening your adrenals up, right? And it's this constant undercurrent of stress, low stress, low libido. You're not going to have the energy to, you know, get dressed. You just wear sweats and there's just this flow and effect that happens with lack of pleasure in our life, okay? And we don't realize that just carrying heaviness on our shoulders literally decreases our ability to feel pleasure, to feel turned on in our fucking day-to-day experiences, right? And I always think it's a really good analogy of living at 70%, 100% being orgasm. Both of you in your relationship should have the orgasm of living at 70%. Like, you want to feel like you are ready for sex and you're, quote, ready for sex because your life turns you on so much right? Your life makes you so happy and rejuvenated and pleasure filled that you could, like you could be ready for him to slide right in within five minutes. Cause going from 70 to hundred or 70 to 90 is a much shorter space than going from like zero to 90. Okay. And this is actually something that I talk about in Chuck the Alchemy. So if you haven't booked your space for round three, enrollment opens up, August 1st, but getting in, save up your money, do whatever you have to do. I had someone actually like fucking take out a loan just to join it. And she's like, honestly, like now I'm getting paid more money than when I began the program. So it all just fucking worked out. But um, yeah, so we have a meeting once a week for two hours And then there's access to an entire portal with a shit ton of resources. And the more of you that can actually get in early, you dive into the portal information. It just puts you ahead, way more relaxing for your nervous system. And then when we get to the live calls, you're going to feel so much more relaxed and make the most out of it. So if you know you want to join the next round, you can join early and get access to the portal early. If you go to um, bloomcheckly.com, under the work with me tab, under where like the sessions booking stuff is, you'll get that information. There's a podcast episode on it as well. So yeah. And then the next round next year, I'm actually going to start to ensure that the right people are coming into the program. Not that anyone has been wrong, but Really, I want to be able to help people, women live in the state of being turned on in your life. And that's a resort of you healing your trauma and, you know, healing the lack of self-confidence, the fatigue that you feel, the lack of motivation, lack of clarity, comparisonitis, procrastination, the bad habits that you have, the excessive smoking or drinking, sisterhood wounding, mom and dad stuff, like the needing validation with men. We work on so many fucking things. We work on all that in that program, you know? But yeah. And you know, when men are not working or when men are not living at 70% either, like you can actually see how it makes sex become this thing that requires so much effort, right? When you can make sex that, when you can make sex something that doesn't require as much effort, more about the orgasm, less about the journey, you want to make sex easy, right? Like sex doesn't become easy when you have people with a shit ton of trauma or bad habits or, you know, hating their life and their job and being stressed all the time. So with the whole porn conversation, I'm like, what else is going on? Because just like when people come to me with shitty relationships with food or 
men like it's it's not about the food or the men it's about what's underneath that right so it's not about the porn it's about something beneath that and the porn is the way that it's just showing up so for you if you are in if he is watching a lot of porn having a conversation is important but when we shame someone or ourselves and we put a label of like being a porn addict it doesn't fucking help anything okay this is something to consider when you're talking to him for yourself even when we slap a label on something it can keep someone feeling like they can't control this and they're victim to the porn rather than realizing that their sexual urges are completely natural totally normal and that you do have control over them and that they do need to get control over it right because all that's really happened is it feels good to masturbate it feels good to have a quick easy hit of the dopamine and guess what you get into a bad habit of making that the way that you get a hit of dopamine. You get, you know, that's the way that you get that hit of feeling good and getting the relief. So when you also stop putting a label on it, and I've talked about this before in terms of PCOS, anxiety, depression, when you put a label on things, like a diagnosis, like endo, PCOS can be helpful, it can be helpful, okay? If you use it as the end-all be-all, like, see, I can't help myself. I have PCOS. I have a no. I'm addicted to porn. There's nothing I can do about it. See how you take the power away? You give your power to the label and you make yourself the label. Instead of actually realizing this isn't an addiction, this isn't a problem, this is a symptom of other issues. And I can get control of this. I can fix this. I can stop this. I can heal this. Right? Just like you can stop being a fucking lazy ass and not exercising. You can choose to not watch porn. You can choose to go exercise. You can choose to quit sugar. You can choose. You make a choice. Right? It requires you to get uncomfortable. People don't want to get uncomfortable. It's so comfortable watching the porn because they've gotten themselves into this habit that's an anchor. Right? You come home from work, watch porn like some people like fucking snuggling with their teddy bear eating ice cream whatever we have these anchors in our life that creates safety for us in some capacity and yes there is a level of safety the body is getting from watching the porn or watching it on repeat similar times of the day or you know after certain kinds of things that happen it's like their crutch right everyone is so different Those of you that are relating to what I'm saying or finding this helpful, the whole porn is bad problem is just making it worse. Just like toxic masculinity. I don't think porn is inherently bad and it's important for you to have a different lens of like, okay, what else is going on in his life, our life, our relationship where he is finding comfort essentially in doing this, right? That flow in effect, obviously, of watching excess porn is bad. The fact that you're addicted to it, like you're addicted to sugar, is an ideal. And when you add on, and this is important, when you add on the sexual negativity that society puts on us, especially men, men are already inherently bad, right? Toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. When you add that sexual negativity that is already placed, plus possibly family extra or religion oh my god oh that's another one it makes the whole situation worse and people are so full of shame for admitting defeat and then they don't admit it the shame can cause someone to stay quiet to stay in their own isolated bubble of continuing to do the thing that they know is wrong And now they need a greater sense of safety. So they're going to go keep doing it because that's the only thing that makes them feel good. But then guess what? Immediately after they feel bad. So it's a heartbreaking cycle that people find themselves in because they know they're doing something that they don't want to do, but they don't know how the fuck to get out of it. And here's another thing. I have also had a past with a lot of addicts, um, as a former codependent. And I will say that 
energetically I've picked up on, you know, certain things and men harbor so much pain. Like, oh, be a man. Like, you know, them just finding their purpose, being providers and all that stuff. That's like hard in itself, right? And then we're like expecting men to read our minds. And this is why I'm so passionate about my program, Let Men Be Men, in understanding how a man's brain works and communicating with them and whatever. And ladies, like, you also need to take accountability because there's a lot of women that are just angry and bitter. And I know this because of the fucking sisterhood wounding, you know? Woman to woman, if you can talk shit and, you know, like, judge and whatever, we can dish it out. But with a man, it's so different, you know? Like, men don't understand what the fuck you're doing, why you're doing that shit. You want him to pick up on hints and clues, like, you're just doing yourself a bigger disservice and then that's why you get labeled crazy okay anyways um but I've noticed that you know you when you throw in religion politics (laughs) two of the hottest fucking things right and then you know if a man for example never got is sexually shamed or never fully processed some shit that he went through and men get raped all the time too and don't think that oh yeah of course he doesn't he doesn't care it's not rape it's a fantasy like I've had women tell me that and I'm like no like men don't fucking fantasize about you know getting raped like I mean to each their own but still whatever anyways so when you have all these issues you know the same way like oh she got daddy issues there's a lot of guys out there with mommy issues too, you know, and something that I think there's a correlation with is there's a lot more of men in rehab and a lot more men who have addiction issues than women. And I really wonder if that's because there isn't enough support for men with sexual trauma. Um, and even just the suppression because of religion and not being able to come out, you know, and they make fun of hyper-feminine men and stuff. But <clears throat> that's a whole other conversation getting into, you know, homophobia and stuff. So at the end of the day, it's a choice, right? Like, firstly, it's about everyone listening. Sexual desires are normal. Wanting sex, wanting that release, wanting that dopamine, there is nothing inherently wrong with you. You have to choose to decide that you don't want to stay in this bad habit anymore because you know it's actually not serving you. You're being mean to yourself. You're hating yourself when you're doing it, right? And often the thing that will free you of shame is admitting what is happening for you. The weight that's lifted when you stop keeping something hidden is huge because the porn addiction is just that symptom of something, a larger issue. So when your partner comes to you and shares this with you, or you have the conversation, can you bring empathy and compassion to the conversation? Because you need to understand that there's something else. Just like if your partner brought to you, like, hey honey, I have actually really been struggling with drinking lately. And I've noticed that I'm using it as a crutch after a long day of work. Would you immediately shame him? Probably not, because drinking's normalized in our society, right? There you go. Drinking isn't inherently bad. Kind of is for your health, but that's a whole other argument. Drinking isn't inherently bad, right? You'd be like, babe, what's going on? I'm so sorry. Tell me what's going on with your life, right? You would imagine, like, go to what's going on in life, because that's talked about. But with porn, we don't want to talk about the subject. We immediately kind of shame the person if they even make it known to us that they're watching porn because it's like oh my god you're watching porn what the fuck it's immediately that and when people have that response whether it's online talking about porn or you've talked about it just like in a bypassing conversation like oh my god i heard susie's husband watches porn blah 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 can you see how you're immediately creating sexual negativity in your relationship it's not creating the safety for him to come forward doesn't mean you need to monitor every fucking word. That's exhausting. But it's something to be aware of. Porn is something... It's not talked about in a neutral way. 
It's always talked about in a negative way and it keeps people stuck in the spiral of shame and continuously doing it and not allowing themselves to admit that they want to change it because they cannot admit it to anyone else. And the first thing to changing something is admitting it, right? To someone, ourselves, etc. But if you're worried about being shamed and if you're already shaming yourself and if you already feel shamed by society, you're not going to do it. An important thing to note before I go into the confidence piece for women, an important note is on social media and when you Google it and everything, there is always negativity about porn. There's always negativity about, and this is obviously educated people, obviously, but porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad. And if you put yourself in one of those men's shoes, that's like, yeah, I fucking know but it's the only thing that's giving me a release and then they don't even feel like they can come to their partner about it. Can you see how it becomes a problem, right? If you want to make it safer for your man to actually heal from this, you're part of that equation. I feel, I think we all get that. Obviously for those of you that are like, okay, Shayna, like I need to know exactly what to say, how to say it, non-masculate him. Then you need to join let men be men. Okay. So the last thing I want to say, that deep self-confidence that you want to have as a woman so this doesn't affect the way that, you know, you feel about yourself. I've talked about how you and the porn star are on a different playing field, right? That's important to know. But also, when it comes to you not wanting him, I'm going to assume that I'm talking to, I'm talking about women to men, but switch it around if it's not. When it comes to you not wanting him to do something anymore, it's an intricate blend of boundaries and not just thinking about the boundaries, right? Like you have to act on the boundaries. Like it's an intricate blend of boundaries, queen embodiment, not tolerating less than what you know you deserve, being the muse, doing the work on yourself, understanding men, hence why he's watching porn, patience, deep communication, and proper communication. I'm going to fucking repeat that. Hold on. Those of you that suck with boundaries or you feel like your boundaries aren't getting through, you need to join Boundary Queen because it will radically change your life. And I know most of you know this if you're a long-time listeners. I'm a fucking Boundary Queen. And boundaries are not as simple like, oh, say this, do that. There's a lot more to it. So if you feel like your messaging isn't going through, then you need to fucking join that masterclass. Like, I feel like every woman needs to have that. So I'm going to repeat what I had so you can write this down. When it comes to you not wanting him to do something anymore, whether it's porn or something else, math, coke, whatever, it's an intricate blend of boundaries, queen embodiment, not tolerating less than what you know you deserve, being the muse, doing work on yourself, understanding men, patience, deep communication, and proper communication. That is the intricate blend of having a man, your partner, not do something anymore that is really, really affecting you in the relationship. You can't necessarily change people. People do change, but you can't change people, right? Something be- someone being with you is going to make them a better version of themselves, but you're not changing them, right? You're not forcing anyone to change. What's happening is you're rising. You are being the best version of yourself. You're not tolerating anything less than, and all those things intricately combined mean that he's going to rise or you're going to realize we're not a match for one another. And that's an important thing for you to know. Healing those wounds is vital in order for you to have that deep self-worth, confidence, and security, and also not standing on him not getting help, you dealing with the issue, shitty behavior. If you are allowing issues to not be dealt with for over a long period of time, I'm telling you now, there's some wounds that you are avoiding dealing with And you're probably afraid of abandonment and whatnot, some low self-worth and probably some low self-confidence, whether you know it or not. And you're more afraid of losing the relationship 
than afraid of losing yourself. So you're tolerating something that you know that you don't actually want to fucking tolerate. When you have that deep confidence and self-worth and self-security and you back yourself up, you will confront issues because you are only available for being respected in the relationship. You know what you want your sex life to look like, to be like. You know what you want your relationship to be like. That is a two-part operation, you and the other person. If you are not getting what you want in the relationship, you need to realize that you can take control of your 50%. And you want to make sure that you've done all 50%, right? A lot of men and women that come to me for coaching and healing, they're doing that part, but they're doing about 25%. Because we're not taught how to be in relationships, we're not taught how to understand the opposite gender. We're not taught how to, you know, communicate effectively with the other gender. We're doing the best we can. But if you don't realize that there's more that you can do, that you can do even better, then there's a sense of you not valuing yourself enough and you're not valuing your relationship enough. And when you work with me, whether it's one-on-ones, in-person, via Zoom, whatever, it allows you, like it ensures that deep confidence in you knowing you're doing everything in that relationship and you want to make sure you're communicating in a way that makes you the muse and support him to rise in his leadership, his manhood, right? Be your man's muse, okay? Be your man's muse. If you want him to rise, especially these days, you need to be the muse, But if you don't know how to be the muse, if you don't know how to communicate with him, if you don't know how to relate to him, if you're not doing it in a way with support and empathy, I'm hoping you can see how maybe you're not being the full muse, okay? I'm going to leave the episode here. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. It really helps you to think critically about this topic. I tried to bring in different points. I hope I've helped you with this topic or addiction in general. If you're in this situation, please listen to this episode again because you only retain 30% of what you hear, so you only retain 30% of this episode. So try to listen to it at least two or three times, especially if you are listening and doing something at the same time. And please share it on Instagram, forward it to your friends and family, anyone who you think would benefit, and make sure to do an Apple podcast review, send me a screenshot, email it over to me. That's what, how people find me and my work. And it also does take a lot of time. You know, I'm sharing all this amazing information with you. So that is a simple energy exchange that a way that you can show me your, that you value these episodes. So I will talk to you all next week. I hope this episode has left you feeling empowered and you're walking away with wisdom and action steps. I would really appreciate if you could share this episode with someone that you feel would benefit. Maybe even tag me on Instagram and definitely do an Apple podcast review so that more people can find me and I can fulfill my mission of helping people. Also, if you do an Apple podcast review, make sure to take a screenshot so that you can email it to bloomshackyhealing at gmail.com and and receive an exclusive track just for doing the Apple podcast review as my thank you you for that wonderful energy exchange.